An Irish Airman Foresees His Death By William Butler Yeats I know that I shall meet my fate Somewhere among the clouds above Those that I fight, I do not hate Those that I guard, I do not love My country is Kiltartan Cross My countrymen, Kiltartan's poor No likely end could bring them loss Or leave them happier than before Nor law nor duty bade me fight nor public men, nor cheering crowds. A lonely impulse of delight drove to this tumult in the clouds. I balanced all, brought all to mind. The years to come seemed waste of breath. A waste of breath, the years behind, in balance with this life, this death. Hello, and welcome to the Bellatrix Podcast. I'm Dave Stevens. Once a long time ago... I taught English literature to college students. I love teaching, but for reasons I hope to explore on this podcast, I left academia. For many years after leaving full-time employment at universities, I would teach a course a semester as an adjunct professor. But as my business grew and became more demanding in terms of travel, this was no longer possible, and I missed teaching. Therefore, I thought I'd create this podcast so I could indulge in the best bit of being an English professor, which to me was the teaching of poetry and short fiction. Also, of course, I should be honest and say right up front that part of doing this is raising a metaphorical middle finger to what seems to have happened to my formal field of study. If you've been following any of the insanity on college campuses, the, the riots, the protests, the deplatformings, all the grievance study stuff, you should know that the madness finds its source, or much of it anyway, in English studies. I'll talk a bit about my experience with this and how it contributed to my departure from academia and upcoming podcasts. But for now, you should know that the term bellatrist means one who loves literature for its intrinsic or aesthetic properties alone. And it's considered a bit of an insult to be called one in many English departments. A bellatrist is, you see, considered a bit naive. Because what passes for serious scholarship in English studies today goes into the broad category of literary theory which starts from the assumption that literature is useful to the extent that it allows the scholar to engage the political, for example, post-colonialism or feminism or Marxism. A bellatrist, on the other hand, believes that literature is worth reading without such considerations. More on that later. But for now, let me explain a bit about the format of this podcast. Each episode will start with my reading of the poem or short fiction to be discussed, Poetry in particular is meant to be reread, or in this case, reheard, so that one can tease out previously unnoticed nuance. Truly great poems should be worn smooth like a worry stone in the reader's mind. Anyway, I wanted you to have easy access to the poem itself if you just wanted to hear it again quickly. After my initial reading, I'll talk for a bit about the piece. Then after my talk, I'll read it again, so that you might better understand it after my discussion. I should take a moment to note that I will assume in this podcast that the majority of my audience are novices to the formal reading and study of literature. I don't mean to talk down to those for whom this is not the case. If you are a trained reader and are just tuning in so you can enjoy the readings, please know that you're welcome. And feel free, of course, to skip the commentary. Or not, I'd love to hear feedback from you. At any rate, sometimes I might walk you through the poem in what is called a close reading to help you better understand it. Other times, I might tell you a bit about the historical context in which the piece is situated, or about the author. 
I'll always try, however, to address what my father would have called the give-a-shit factor, or why should you care about this particular poem? And what I mean by that is that I'll try, to the extent that such a thing is possible, to provide you with a justification of why poetry in general, and the poem in question in particular, is of utility to you as you navigate through your life. In other words, why should you care? And I hope in this podcast to convince you that this thing we call literature is something worth having in your life. In fact, you might eventually find that you couldn't imagine life without it. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. So let's get into the poem that I've just read. An Irish Airman Foresees His Death. Yeats was considered one of the foremost poets of the 20th century. He was Irish and is perhaps best remembered for his poem, The Second Coming, from which so many works of fiction draw their titles and allusions. If you've ever heard the expression, the center cannot hold, then you've at least indirectly heard of Yeats. The poem is about an Irish fighter pilot in World War I, contemplating the inevitability of his death and why he has chosen to die in this way. I chose this poem as the first for the podcast because A, it's one of my all-time favorites, and B, it illustrates an aspect of poetry that starts to answer the why-should-you-care question. Specifically, how the beauty and totality of a moment can coalesce into an outcome vastly greater than the sum of its parts. Let me give you an example to help you break that concept down a bit. There's a well-known thought experiment called Mary's Room. And in this thought experiment, we're asked to imagine a woman named Mary who has lived her entire life in a room And she's been fitted with special contact lenses that only allow her to see in black and white, like an old movie. We're further asked to imagine that Mary is trained throughout her life to become the world's foremost expert on all things optical that specifically deal with color. She knows everything there is to know about the color spectrum, the way the rods and cones at the back of your eye intercept light, the way the occipital lobe of the brain interprets the light, everything, soup to nuts. She is a walking encyclopedia of all things visual. And then one day, according to the experiment, Mary's taken outside and her lenses are removed. And she looks upon a green field dotted with wildflowers and a blue sky above it. And she experiences color in nature for the first time in her life. Question, has Mary learned anything new in that experience? Is there anything she knows about color that she didn't know before the lenses were removed? Now, most people would say, of course she does. Of course she does. How could she not? But what is it? It's nothing we can use denotative language to describe because she already knows everything that denotative language can tell us about sight. Whatever she just learned We have to use other language. And hence, we have poetry and literature. One small part of the value of reading works like this is that they seek to convey that which is unconveyable. And they do it in the only language we have for such things, the poetic. For a brief moment, if read correctly, such poems can pierce through the veil of the indescribable and convey the essential qualia of being. Now, in this poem, the speaker is an Irish airman who knows that he is doomed to death. He explains that all the conventional rationales for his service do not apply to him. The lines, 
My country is Kiltartan Cross. My countrymen Kiltartan's poor. No likely end could bring them loss or leave them happier than before. Should hit you like a punch. He's literally saying he doesn't give a shit who wins the war. Eh, who cares? The people I come from have been kicked around for centuries. Whoever wins this show is going to do the same to us. That's essentially what he's saying. So, why is he doing it? Why fight and die for the bastards that have been like a yoke around you or your family's neck for centuries? Or for the new bastards that'll come in and do the same damn thing? Well, it's all explained in the last lines. And you realize that his decision has nothing to do with anything but the speaker and his bargain with eternity. I balanced all, brought all to mind. What lay before seemed waste of breath. A waste of breath what lay behind in balance with this life, this death. To the speaker, dying in the beautiful, awful tumult in the clouds has somehow tipped the scales of judgment towards what appears to be an irrational decision. If you were to simply perform a calculation of the entire potential joy of your life, decades of it after the war, compared to one brief savage moment of joy fighting the enemy in a beautiful sky battle, it does not make sense pragmatically. It's irrational, insane even. But here we're reminded of a lesson about which poetry reminds us, and that is that rationality and prudence are necessary but not sufficient components of living. It's wise to do the sensible thing most of the time, but there are times in which the totality of a moment overwhelms the pragmatic. There are times you have to just throw your hat into the wake of the ship or punch the insufferable asshole in the face, regardless of the fact that you'll spend a night in jail. The existential wisdom of the imprudent decision, the transcendence of the pragmatic, and the sheer raw joy of fearless existence. Sometimes the only way to truly live is to live as if life had no consequences. So, I hope you enjoyed the poem and this brief commentary. Remember that there is a difference between bad literature and good, and between good literature and great, and that great literature can cut through the mundane and insufferable madness of the world in which we find ourselves. Do not trust anyone who tries to tell you otherwise. I'm not a religious person. I don't believe in the supernatural at all. But... There's a well-worn phrase that sums up my belief about literature perfectly, and it is this. The purpose of literature is not to save your soul. It is to make your soul worth saving. See you next podcast. Now, here's the poem one more time. An Irish Airman Foresees His Death by William Butler Yeats I know that I shall meet my fate somewhere among the clouds above. Those that I fight, I do not hate. Those that I guard, I do not love. My country is Kiltartan Cross. My countrymen, Kiltartan's poor. No likely end could bring them loss, or leave them happier than before. Nor law nor duty bade me fight, nor public men, nor cheering crowds. A lonely impulse of delight drove to this tumult in the clouds. I balanced all, brought all to mind. The years to come seemed waste of breath. 
a waste of breath, the years behind, in balance with this life, this death.